You're listening to Talking Law, the podcast where business owners just like you discover how to avoid legal landmines and build value using smart legal tips. Join your host, Joanna Oki, as she cuts through the legal jargon and gives you clear and simple actionable legal strategies, which will get you optimal business results. Hi, it's Joanna Oki here and welcome back to Talking Law. Today, we are talking about the common mistakes that people make in the area of trademarks. And today, I have invited along a very special guest, Grace Yee, who heads up our trademarks division at Aspect Legal. Hi, Grace. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, Joe. It's a pleasure. <laughs> this is a really interesting topic, I think, and it's super important for us to be talking about the mistakes that people make in the area of trademarks. I think because we see the issues that come out of these mistakes on a daily basis, right? Absolutely. These issues come across our desk so often, it's really important to talk about them. It is, absolutely. You know, and we're all about trying to save our clients and our listeners on this show from some of the issues that we have seen in the past. So I think it's useful for us to go through this common mistake list. Mm. And maybe in future episodes, we'll go through some of these areas in greater detail. But today, we'll just sort of hash through the main areas that people make mistakes. Grace, what's the first area that you think is the most common mistake that people make in this area of trademarks? Yeah, so I think that, and this is a very common misunderstanding that we see clients having time and time again, and it's this issue of thinking that by having a business name registered, a company name registered, or their domain name, that those things are enough to protect them when it comes to their trademark. Absolutely. Yes, that is. I think you're absolutely right, Grace. I think that probably is the number one (laughs) mistake and a misapprehension. You know, people Mm. just don't understand often the difference, right? Yeah. The problem is, is that these registrations are simply identifiers or with your domain name, it's just your web address. Yeah. And they're things that are compulsory. So quite often, I guess what's happening is when a business is starting up, they're they're ticking off those compulsory items. Mm. But it's just an identifier with ASIC. They don't actually prove the ownership of those names. Mm. It's really a trademark registration that is going to provide that evidence that you have ownership of the brand. Yeah, absolutely. And so people often think, you know, they register a business name or a company name and that will stop anyone else from having a similar Mm. name. But I guess what we see is that business and company names can be registered for very, you know, in ways that are very similar to other business and company name registrations. That's right. So the ASIC register operates separately from the trademarks register and ASIC and their rules when it comes to allowing similar name to be registered are very relatively loose. So they will allow a name to be registered if it's got a slight word added at the end of it. So a very generic word like group or association or Australia or something like that. And a similar name can get through. They're not thinking about IP rights in any way at all. Mm, Absolutely. 
I guess it might be really useful if we can give our listeners a flavour of some of the examples of the issues that we see caused by this mistaken understanding of where trademarks versus business and company names lie. Mm. We see time and time again of businesses coming to us and they might have been trading for years and years and years. And in that time, another similar business has gotten registered unbeknownst to them. And then when it comes to registering their trademark, they find out that they've actually got a trademark registered as well. Mm. So that causes all sorts of issues and can potentially mean that the original client can't even get their trademark registered. And the worst case scenario, if you're in that situation and you're forced to actually change your name, which of course is extremely costly and of course can be heartbreaking because you've built Mm. up so much goodwill and you've spent Mm. so much time and your business is your baby and you've had it for all those years and having to change your name can be extremely costly. So we're talking about really big consequences here and it can be all have been prevented by addressing the issue of your trademark protection right at the beginning. Mm, And as you're talking, I'm thinking of an example of one client that we've dealt with who had had a discussion about trademarks prior to the time of um, speaking to us about it. But I recall that we had worked out if they had have come to us at the time of the initial discussion, they would have been fine. But because they left it six months later to actually contact us, Mm. it made all the difference to them in their business. And I think in that instance, they've been trading for more than a decade. And then Mm. in the end, they ended up having to stop using their mark, right? Even after using it for more than a decade. Yeah, it's really problematic, isn't it? And Because the trademarks register is a live register, really is first in best dressed and Mm. and things are being updated in real time. So a day can make all the difference. And Mm. and I guess that's what people really just need to know and understand. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Absolutely. And as you're talking, I'm also thinking we've also got a financial services company that had traded for around about eight years and then discovered a competitor who had started using... The mark later, this is a crazy thing. I think that people don't quite understand how crazy it can be that even if Mm. someone has started using a mark later, if they have got on the trademarks register before you, it can cause Mm. you a world of pain. Absolutely. It just makes it so much more expensive when it comes to doing the registration and it can potentially cause really big hurdles. And in the worst case scenario, it might mean that you can't get the trademark registered at all. And even if you can, I guess, there goes your monopoly rights. You can't stop that other party from using the mark once they've got a trademark registered unless you're willing to make an application to the federal court to have their trademark removed. Mm. But you're looking at hundreds of thousands of dollars then, right? So Absolutely, yeah. So delaying really means that you have the risk of not being able to get your trademark protected at worst and at best you lose the exclusivity of your trademark in the marketplace. Yeah, yeah, And that's absolutely. really, really, especially if you've got a very, very distinctive name, that could be a real problem. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think you were telling me you had a discussion recently with someone who had, um, in a previous role from their current role, had witnessed firsthand the cost of trademark uh, disputes that 
that can be caused. Yes. And so when they moved to a, onto a new employer, they identified correctly that the trademarks that hadn't been registered for that organisation were creating such a high level of risk. And I guess this is a mm-hmm. thing, you know, because we see it all the time. It's hard for us to be able to communicate the risk um, effectively until people see it for themselves. Yeah. But it was r- really good working with that particular client because she just really understood and had experienced firsthand the time and money and stress that can be caused if you're involved in a trademark dispute. Mm. And anything that involves the courts obviously takes up just, it can go on and on for years. Mm. And and during all that time, you it's up in the air. You don't know what's happening with your brand. And because she had seen that firsthand and she knew that it could have all been prevented if that previous trademark owner had had it protected with her new employer, she was very, very keen and proactive about making sure that the company's brands were all very thoroughly protected. So she's she's all armed up if that situation ever occurs. That's it. She's sorted now. Prevention, as they say, mm-hmm. <laughs> is much That's cheaper right. and easier than having to deal with the cure later on. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Right. Okay. All right. So that's the first common mistake. (laughs) (laughs) What's the the second most common thing that you see, Grace? Yeah. So time and time again, we see clients who have used a brand without ever having done a proper search. So they've picked a brand, they've gone and got it registered with ASIC as a business name or a, or a company name, if it is their business name or company name. And they've never bothered to check the trademarks register to see if somebody else is already using that mark. Mm, yes. That's, and, and that's interesting, isn't it? Because we often see a lot of organisations involved in rebranding, not completely understanding the imperative of the trademark searches as part of the concept development process. Yeah. Yes, it's, it's alarming actually to see that a lot of designers, and I guess that's, that's what you're alluding to, that they will provide their clients a list of brand concepts and they won't even have considered whether it's registrable as a trademark. Yeah. Yep. And that's unfortunately where we come in. You know, we hate to be the bearer of bad tidings, but when we're involved at that late phase, I guess, you know, the issue that we often grapple with is here are people that have come up with something that they think is a fabulous brand, but here at the brand development phase is the most vulnerable phase for a, for mm. a business when they don't have anything to protect them if someone argues that they have infringed their mark by using this new brand that has been created. I guess that's really the issue, isn't it? What do we suggest organisations do if they're mm. looking at rebranding or indeed if they're an organisation that is involved in rebranding mm. for other businesses? Well, actually that rebranding time is the perfect time to be acting on your trademark and getting it protected and getting it looked at properly. And we love it when people come to us at that stage because we can help them to get it protected. And we can also do all of those proper searches to make sure that they're not by using that name or choosing that name, infringing on somebody else's trademark rights. And if you do involve us at that search stage, we're much more likely to be able to help you settle on a name that is more likely to be registered and get registered. And then even after registered, more likely to be a mark that you're able to stop 
other people from using because we can help you to work out a name that is much higher in distinctiveness. Mm, absolutely. And look, I think that's another issue that people don't understand. There's obviously the infringement side of things, which mm. is a really important thing to make sure you're not at risk of an infringement action against you. But then on the flip side, there's also this discussion about what marks are inherently protectable because mm. often businesses don't understand that marks that are highly descriptive are very difficult for them to ever get protection for and very difficult for them to stop competitors from using as well. Yeah, this is where I can start to sound a little bit legal. <laughs> <laughs> but with trademarks, they fall somewhere on a spectrum. And we're talking about now the legal test that a trademark has to pass for it to be able to be granted registration by the trademarks office. So when I talk about this spectrum, we are thinking and talking about the spectrum on one end being highly descriptive, highly unique trademarks. And we want as many of our clients' marks to be up that end. And on the other end of the spectrum are really generic words that describe the, a characteristic of the goods or services that are being provided under the trademark. Mm. So most marks are going to fall somewhere on that spectrum. To mm. summarise that, so we have distinctiveness and originality yes. on the one end and we have um, descriptiveness and generalness on the other end, right? That's right. That's right. And what happens is if you pick a name that is much too far up the generic end, it's very difficult to get registered. And it's also very difficult to get other people to stop using the words contained in that trademark. So the earliest that you come to us, and if you're at that brand development stage, we can discuss with you all of these issues before you start using it. Because quite often, you'd be amazed how many clients come to us and they've been using such a generic trademark, it can never be protected. Yeah. <laughs> never be protected with the registration, no matter how long they've been using it. And it's a difficult position to be in. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking here of a number of clients, but mm. I, one, one sticks in my mind of um, a business that had been using their mark. They were a retailer, but had developed a lot of goodwill in their mark, but they'd been around for what I think a few decades. So, you know, 20 or 25 years. I don't know if you yeah. remember, Grace. The, the, yes, I do. The <laughs> one I'm thinking about, but I guess that was one of these very, very unique situations where we haven't been able to get a trademark for a client, which doesn't happen very very often. But this particular instance, you know, the mark was just so incredibly generic. And, and that's it. They're in this position where, you know, they just cannot stop traders that are using similar descriptive generic type uh, names. And, and that's a problem because what happens then is other people could call a similar product and use similar words to, to name their product and it's going to cause market confusion and mm. and it's a problem. Mm. I think in that instance they're having a lot of web traffic that was leaking to these new competitors that had popped up using a similar name that was also very descriptive. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So it's all about choosing and that get making the right decisions when you're choosing a new name and talking to people who understand what decisions will impact your ability to protect yourself from infringement actions and to stop other traders from using a similar name in the market into the future. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I might mention there, and this is a topic, this is a, a bigger topic that we might discuss in another time. But if you have already started using a name and you've been in your business for a long time and you're not sure, you should still come and speak to us because even if it is something that might be considered a little bit descriptive, we can still help you to do the best that we can in terms of getting that protected in some shape or form. Yeah. And I guess this comes to the next mistake. Sometimes people think that their mark might be descriptive, so therefore they aren't going to be able to get protection. They give up too easily. So, of course, we've said there's an issue if you choose something really descriptive, you may not be able to get up a mark. But we're not saying don't try because there there are benefits Mm. for businesses who have a somewhat descriptive mark in having Mm. a trademark registration because it's much easier to stop traders who are using similar names if you indeed have a trademark registration, particularly if it is somewhat generic or descriptive than if you don't. Absolutely. And it's not black and white. It is a complex area. And as I mentioned, it's a spectrum. So you can, it's grey and it can be argued and we're there to help you because it is a complex area. Yeah. Okay. All right. So what about the next area, Grace? What's the next main headline area that you think people make mistakes in, in the area Mm. of trademarks? So sometimes we see clients come much later in the process and what we find out is that they have actually taken the step of protecting their trademark registration, doing the trademark registration themselves. And what what we discover is that quite often they've registered the trademark in a way that could have been done in a better way. So they Mm. haven't registered it properly. And there are lots of elements of a trademark registration that can go wrong. Mm. And and the problem is, is that quite often the reason why they're coming to us is because it's now time to enforce their trademark rights. and, And obviously that's when the rubber really does hit the road and the trademark registration is being tested. And what we find out is sometimes they've registered a mark that wasn't the exact mark that they're actually using. So the registration should have been done for something slightly different or they've protected the trademark in the wrong class. So a class is a category of the goods and services that are provided under the trademark. And sometimes they've just got it wrong or they could have been better sitting in a different class. And sometimes we find out the, the specifications, which is the wording that is used to describe the exact goods and services, that those that word isn't the best it could have been to give them the best protection under the mark. Mm. So these are all very common issues that can go wrong when people take a do-it-yourself approach. It might seem easy, but it can get complicated. And so these are all things that we help with trademark registrations for our clients. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting point because I often have this discussion with businesses about trademark registrations as a whole. And I think the most important thing, the thing that can be forgotten is understanding why they want a trademark registration in the first place. Mm. So often people go about the trademark registration process, whether it's themselves or with other professionals who perhaps aren't expert in the field. And because they don't properly understand what they're actually trying to get out of the process, Mm. they make the wrong decisions along the Mm. way. And it's not just about getting the right specification or a specification that's broad enough in the right 
classes, but it's also about making the right choice about whether or not you're protecting a word or the logo or a combination of the word and the logo and what entity Mm. it should be sitting in. You know, and there, as you rightly say, are so many mistakes that can be made in the process. Mm. But it's really sad when we see at the enforcement end organisations who've paid a lot of money for trademark registrations, but only to find that the Mm. registrations don't provide the protection that they had wanted, which often is to stop competitors using a similar mark. Absolutely. And and the scary thing is that you can have a false sense of security thinking that Mm. it is protected and quite often the time that you find out is when it's too late because it's it can be too late because it's time for testing. And as we mentioned, the trademarks register is live. So you can't go back and then fix back in time the registration that was done 10, 15 years ago. Mm. You need a whole new registration at that point. That's right. That's yeah. right. And the priority date starts the date that you file. So it's really important to get it right and to think about these things properly at the time of application. Mm. And as early as possible. That's that's right. Think, you know, getting in that application quickly, as we said, there's all sorts of issues that can be caused by delay. Mm, that's right. Great. Okay. So tell us, take us through the next area of common mistake, Grace. So a common mistake that comes from, I guess, a, an accumulation of all the previous mistakes and an area that we see quite often is when clients come to us and they're in this position where they don't have their trademark registered or their registration is wrong or there are issues with their trademarks and they're trying to stop another entity from using their mark. And it can be quite difficult. These are the difficult issues that we find with clients when they are in a position where another trader is trading with a very similar name and it's causing confusion Mm. and clients who think they are coming to customers who think they are coming to our client are actually going somewhere else and Mm. it's an expensive problem to have and what we want to do is try and help our clients the best we can to minimize the issues that are going to be caused by that sort of problem coming up. And sometimes we are delayed somewhat in being able to take action because quite often is important if we have then recognised that this organisation hasn't got a protection in place, Mm. which makes it harder for us then to stop other parties from using the mark. Mm. Often it can be slowed down if we then need to go through the process of protecting the mark before we start taking action against the other party. That's right. Particularly if then issues in the trademark application process arise. So if we're having Mm. an issue getting a mark through because they've waited for so long and now there's other marks on the register that are cited, Mm. you know, Mm. we can, our hands can be tied in terms of being able to take action against these other traders until we've dealt with the trademark registration issue first. Absolutely. And I guess what people don't, might not know is that the trademark registration process is quite long relatively to other registrations. So business names and companies names happen quite quickly, but the trademark registration process is a legal process and takes a minimum of seven and a half months. Yeah. So obviously we can, depending on the situation, we can act earlier than that, but can be a surprise to people to know that it is a long process. So I guess the real take-home message today is act early 
act as, as early as you can. And if you are in the situation where you're choosing a name, come to us at that stage because that's the best time to be thinking about your trademark. And and if there are issues that come up at that stage, it's the best time to know. Mm. Because if a search pr- shows up that the use of that name would be an infringement to an, an earlier, registrate, earlier registered trademark, it's the perfect time to know because it minimizes the risk of you infringing somebody yes. else's trademark. Yes, yes, mm. absolutely. Okay, all right. And look, I think that probably ties into the last area that maybe we'll talk about today in terms yes. of common mistakes that people make is once they have a trademark registration, not enforcing their trademark rights, because this is something we see often happen and often create issues, right? The getting the trademark registration isn't the end. If no. organisations recognise that there are infringements of their mark, they need to act on those. Absolutely. So it might be another common misunderstanding and, and we, of course, we help our clients to be aware of this. But once you've got your trademark registered, you have to be proactive. You have to keep an eye on the market and be aware of other traders who are using similar words or elements in their branding. And you have to take the steps of making sure that they're aware that you have trademark rights in that name. Um, The trademarks office, IP Australia, aren't going to do those steps for you, especially when it comes to other traders using unregistered trademark. It's really important that people be aware that once you've got your trademark registered, it's not the end of the story. You have to stay on top of it and and be vigilant about making sure that people don't infringe on your trademark rights and therefore eventually end up watering your trademark rights. Mm, Absolutely. Look, I think there are some cracking insights there, Grace. Thank you so much for sharing all of those insights. So I think really probably the action steps then, if we're going to make this as simple for our listeners as possible, are to avoid these common mistakes. Well, I guess the first one, you've said it a few times, Grace, but I guess probably the first one is act as early as possible, right? Get in there. Absolutely. Act as early as you can. The best time to do it is when you're thinking about some brand ideas at the design development stage. That's the best time. Um, it's the best time to be doing the searches and getting the registration all done properly. And and then a next action item would be to do a search before yes. you start. Yes. The search is really going to inform you on the landscape out there and, and tell you what other trademarks there are that are already registered. And it's also the time when we're going to be doing, I think, thinking about the best filing strategy for you. So we'll be helping you to work out what the best way is of protecting your trademark. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And because sometimes people don't realise how critical that searching process is. Perhaps to an untrained eye looks fairly simple, but there's so many nuances in the searching process that is absolutely critical that this is done well and thoroughly Mm. right in the beginning before you get a trademark application on, because once that application is properly on, it is is a public record. So if you're infringing someone else's mark and you put on an application, that's it, you're in and you're on. So you need to make sure you're not infringing before you start. Absolutely, yes. And the search involves legal legal analysis and legal judgment. And it's not something that I think can be safely done if you're not really, if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So then I think the third action step is probably just getting a proper registration. So a registration that meets what your needs are or the business's needs are into the future. And that has properly dealt with the right classes, the right specifications 
position, not too broad, not too narrow, the right ownership, the right decision about the filing strategy between wordmark or logo or combination of the two. So I think that proper registration is that next action step. Yes, yes. And actually, that just makes me think of another point, and that is that sometimes companies and businesses change their trademarks over time. Mm. So it's worth revisiting this question now and again and having a think about whether the registrations that you own are still properly protecting you. And it might form part of a, of an annual legal review to, to make sure that your registrations are all relevant and up to date. That's a really good point. So maybe we should make action four. <laughs> action <laughs> step number four, you know, set your periods for annual reviews of your trademarks as well as your other intellectual property rights. And I guess we should also say as part of that, or maybe a step five is to make sure you're enforcing rights after registration to maintain the value. So make sure you've got an ear on the market and you take quick action if you're aware of anyone infringing your mark. Absolutely, because no one else is going to do it for you Mm. and problems can arise if you acquiesce or you sit back and allow infringement to happen. And it takes, if you take, there have been cases where, you know, a party took years and years and years to get to the stage of enforcing their trademark right and it caused hurdles for them in terms of being able to enforce their trademark right. So Mm. if somebody is infringing on your trademark, you you should act as early as you can. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I guess added to the fact that from a legal perspective, it's easier to stop someone from using a mark the quicker you act and it's harder the longer you leave it, is also the reality of the commercial aspects of it, which is it's easier to stop someone that has invested less money in their own use of a mark rather than it is to stop someone who has invested a lot of money in their own use of a mark and they've built had the time Mm. using that mark to build up their own goodwill under it. From our own experience in cease and desist desist actions, it's Mm. easier for us to get enforcement and to get the competitor to stop the use of the mark if they haven't spent a lot of time and money invested in the mark that they're using. That's right. That's right. And that's a successful outcome outcome if we can enforce a trademark for a client and very quickly and efficiently have that other competitor shut down and change their name very quickly. That's a great outcome at the end of the day. Absolutely. Absolutely it is. Okay, right. Well, thank you so much, Grace. I think we've really talked about areas that are super important for business owners to be on top of because these are the mistakes that we see on a daily basis that cost businesses money that they don't need to be spending and time and energy and worry, I guess. Just a quick recap, in this episode, we talked about the common mistakes that people make in the area of trademarks, mistakenly thinking that business names or company names or domain names are the same as trademark registration or provide any sort of protection on their own, using brands without proper searches. We talked about picking names at the brand development phase that can't be protected or that might give provide a risk of infringement. We talked about starting the registration process too late, which can make registration difficult, costly, and sometimes even impossible. And we we talked about the issues in not protecting the registration properly or in doing searches properly for particular trademarks. And finally, we talked about the issues in allowing other similar trademarks to exist without you taking enforcement action or some sort of action against the other party to make it clear that they're acting in breach of your rights. 
If you would like more information about this topic, head over to our website at talkinglaw.com.au where you can get a free transcript of everything that we've talked about today. And through that website, you'll also be able to download details of our lawyers at Aspect Legal if you'd like help with any of the items that we covered today. And finally, if you enjoyed what you heard today, please pop over to iTunes and leave us a review. Thanks so much for talking to us, Grace. We've been talking to Gracie from Aspect Legal, who is the resident trademark expert. Thanks a lot, Grace. My pleasure, Joe. Thanks all for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Talking Law. Tune in next time for more smart legal tips and tricks to keep you clear of those legal landmines. If you want to get a download of today's show notes, head over to talkinglaw.com.au. Information in this podcast is general in nature, not legal advice. If you want advice for your business, visit talkinglaw.com.au.